0: Red-hot employment! Red-hot spending! Red-hot income! Red-hot consumer prices! Red-hot inflation? I'm starting to wonder though if people using the term really, really appreciate and understand what the term is supposed to mean. Or maybe this is one of those situations because English is a living language and American English is the most lived of them all, The term red hot is undergoing somewhat of a shift in how it's used in the economic context. You think back a while, the term red hot economy used to mean when business was legitimately booming, growth was scorching. But it started to go somewhat of a shift about, say, 2009 or 2010. Back then, red hot or heat or the same kind of qualifier was applied to the economy when it simply started to accelerate even modestly when it was doing less bad than it had been previously. And think about times like 2014, what was called the best jobs market in decades. Janet Yellen's Fed talking about an overheating economy that when you really stopped and looked around, it was some modest reflation. And then the same thing happened again in 2017 and 2018. Globally synchronized growth. The economy is red hot when, again, it was modest acceleration at most. But then the term underwent another shift in the post-pandemic era. In early 2021, as Uncle Sam's largesse started to fill all sorts of uh, deposit accounts of taxpayers, and suddenly those taxpayers were spending money through amazon.com on foreign goods, and the economy was said to be red hot. Only this time it kind of looked like it was red hot, but rather than the whole economy, It was just a narrow slice. So red hot didn't mean the whole thing. At least if one part of the economy was red hot, then red hot seemed to apply. But lately the term has undergone a, I think another shift here. Now people talk about a red hot economy when the data shows it's just not falling apart. So red hot now is we're not going into recession or at least whatever the account we're looking at isn't crashing too bad red hot is not falling down. That's a big downgrade in the term and I know we just got some data today on the economy that looked red hot but when you put it in its proper context you'll see what I mean about how the term has undergone such a very different uh, transformation from where it used to be which was a legitimate economic boom to nowadays where Oh, well, at least it isn't recessionary. At least it isn't outright recessionary, even though in the context, it actually is. But first, I'm Jeff, this is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. As always, if you're interested, Eurodollar University memberships available where we go into the deep details, the history, the background, the inner workings, the plumbing of the monetary system and what that means for the economy as well as finance and everything else also have research subscriptions, daily briefing. We go over the day's big macroeconomic news, something that's big and important and moving in the marketplace, curves and whatnot. And I also have a daily deep dive analysis where we dive deep into all of these things, what they mean, how we got here, and where we think everything is going. All the information available at eurodollar.university. Now we've been in this situation before. In fact, I talked about it just a couple of videos ago, a couple of days ago, when policymakers in particular and most of the public get their economic interpretation from policymakers, but policymakers, central bankers, economists in particular, like to look at a specific part of the uh, macroeconomic catalog, employment numbers, payrolls in particular, and think that okay, You know the economy seems to be doing really well what's changed is how in these types of situations suddenly we're calling the economy red hot because it isn't falling off a cliff but either way the circumstances are very similar the idea that we look around the economic data and it doesn't look too bad until all of a sudden it does What you see is that no, that's not really how it works. Recessions don't just come out of the blue. You see a process of moving into them. Usually an economy that weakens substantially and shows itself to have been weakened substantially even if anybody who looks at certain data points calls it red hot anyway. That part is relatively new, but still everything else seems to be falling right in that same line. Going back to the NBER, this is the group of the economists who have taken it upon themselves to decide, to actually date when an economy is in recession and when it gets out of recession and moves into recovery. That's the peak and the trough. And what they say is recession is not two consecutive quarters of negative GDP. That's sort of a rule of thumb that some some economists, some in the media, some commentators came up with to sort of just generally decide if the economy's in bad shape or not. But as I've said, and many people have pointed out too, we've had recessions where GDP doesn't fall in two consecutive quarters at all. The dot-com recession may be the most uh, prominent example, where we only had two quarters of negative GDP and they were not consecutive. So what does the NBER look at in order to try to decide when the economy is in or heading toward recession? What they say is, Because a recession must influence the economy broadly and not be confined to one sector, the committee emphasizes economy-wide measures of economic activity. The determination of months of peaks and troughs is based on a range of monthly measures of aggregate real economic activity published by the federal statistical agencies. These include, here's the important part, real personal income less transfers, non-farm payroll report, payroll employment, employment as measured by the household survey, real personal consumption expenditures, wholesale retail sales adjusted for price changes and industrial production. And they finish this up with, there is no fixed rule about what measures contribute information to the process or how they are weighted in our decisions. In recent decades, the two measures we have put the most weight on are real personal income, less transfers, and non-farm payroll employment. Those last two you can understand. Non-farm payroll employment, that's supposedly the gold standard about the labor market. But real personal income, excluding transfer receipts, is an important one. It's a very important one, not just because the NBER said so, but because of what it tells us. It tells us the aggregate amount of income being generated by the private economy, thus we're excluding government transfers. We wanna know how much income is being generated by economic activity from the business sector, from investment, from all the productive activities that we associate with a red hot economy. It depends. So as the NBER said, uh, household survey, they actually take the household survey into account that's good. Um, As I've said, I've shown before in these videos, household survey says recession is screaming pre-recession transfer into recession, especially full-time jobs. So is by the way, Wholesale and retail sales adjusted for prices. Wholesale sales are coming over, are rolling over nominally. Retail sales are rolling over nominally. In real terms, they've been down for several years, which we'll talk about. Industrial production is probably the most recession-y of all the data the NBR looks at and focuses on. It is a performing a almost perfect rollover into recession. And then just today... We got the personal and spending numbers, the monthly personal and spending numbers from the Bureau of Economic Analysis, the folks who put out GDP. And two of those series are included in the NBR's list. First personal, real personal spending, the PCE, pure personal consumption expenditures. And the big one, real personal income, less transfer receipts. So let's start there with real personal income, less transfer receipts. And what the BEA data showed was that there was a little bit more income last year than we thought really right around the time when the economy changed and and, and consumer price pressure started to fall off and CPI started to decelerate. decelerate, The BEA BEA now says that, oh, income was a touch better going back to last summer. So they revised up personal income. They revised up all the wages and salaries and all the data series that go into these personal income uh, the, the personal income catalog including real personal income excluding transfer receipts they do this all the time this is not unusual the data is personal income and spending numbers are except one of some of the most noisy data series that you'll see in the entire in, in any type in any any place anywhere so it's not unusual for them on a short run basis. These are not benchmark changes. These are usually, I think, quarterly surveys. There's a particular quarterly uh, uh, tax survey that goes into the calculations here that, is, that basically said maybe incomes were not as bad as thought. But that's different than red hot. And you can see that it's not all that much of a difference because when you look at and analyze real personal income excluding transfer receipts what you see is very clearly the economy is in big big trouble red hot no not even close excluding the government's transfer payments especially in 2020 and 2021 Real personal income has been basically flat. And basically flat, by the way, isn't really flat. That's an enormous contraction. It is an enormous contraction because we live in a world where population is expanding, productivity, at least a booming economy, productivity would be expanding. So we would always expect a relatively stable and steady uh, level of growth into the future. Instead, what we see in this key economic series for private income is that incomes have stagnated. Now, nominal incomes haven't. Nominal incomes are going up, but when we're just for prices, what that tells us is that in the aggregate, despite all the hoopla about the establishment serving jobs created, as they always say, it's not enough to keep everybody moving forward. Too many people are being left out. And I think that what really illustrates this point the most is when you take this series, real personal income excluding transfer receipts, and you divide by say something like the civilian non-institutional population, sort of a a crude per capita, real personal income excluding transfer receipts. And what you see there is the situation over the last couple years in particular has been even worse the participation problem has reared its ugly head yet again. So again, for all the focus on the establishment survey and jobs created, it is not enough to keep up even with, first of all, population expansion. More and more people are being left out of the labor market, left behind with no job. Despite what economists and central bankers say, they emphasize the unemployment rate, which which assumes that people who aren't in the labor force are are outside of it by choice rather than by economy. That's an assumption they're making. And more than that, when you look at real personal uh, real personal income, excluding transfer receipts adjusted for prices, it shows incomes in the private economy are not keeping up with consumer prices either, which is not inflation. What this shows is that Money came in through the government transfers in 2020 and 2021 in particular, and then it went into certain segments of the economy, and a lot of it went overseas to produce those goods that we ordered through amazon.com. In other words, for the US in particular, some of the least productive methods of redistribution. A private economy left to its own good devices would redistribute things as needed to create a red hot legitimate boom. This artificial economy of the last couple of years, which was really only red hot in the goods sector, meant that it was a windfall for shippers, logistics, that kind of thing, as well as oil and energy producers. Again, some of the least productive parts of the economy. So as money was redistributed to them... It doesn't get reinvested in new workers. It doesn't get reinvested in new supply and new new product new uh, productive capacities. Obviously not in oil. We haven't seen that at all. So it's been a windfall and a boon for those segments of the economy at the expense, at the expense over time, of everyone else. And you can see that in this important data series. Red hot? Absolutely not. Let's make some comparisons just to just to reinforce this point. Let's use the same data series, so let's get, again, real personal income excluding transfer receipts. Let's over the last couple of years, so since Jan, from January 2021 to January 2023, up into up to and including the most recent data point. R- this data series grew by 3.8%, which is an annual rate of 1.9%. So basically flat, 1.9% Not a good number, nor is it because most of that 1.9% came in the the first parts of our lookback period back in 2021, not much in 2022, not looking great for 23. As you can see, it's starting to roll over again, subject to revisions. So how do we compare that? Let's go back to 2018 and 2019, the tail end of globally synchronized growth that was tail ending into what I believe and many people believe the Japanese and Europeans declared as a global recession. 2018-2019, not exactly the great great period, although people said at the time it was red hot, the Fed was hiking rates. The the aggregate growth over those two years was 7% for an annual rate of 3.4. So much better than the last couple years. How about 2013-2014? Overheating, the best job market in decades. Real personal income excluding transfer receipts grew by 8.7% in those two years, which is an annual rate of 4.3. More than double what we've got over the last couple years that are supposed to be scorching red hot. An actual legitimate boom. Let's go back to the late 1990s. 98 and 99, the tail end of the dot com. 9.7% over those two years, which is an annual rate of 4.7%. Well more than double what we see now incomes have stagnated when you adjust for prices when you adjust for population it's even worse we are not generating nearly enough private income to sustain everything and one last one last data point or one last comparison to really emphasize what i mean here let's compare it to 2001 and uh, 2002. 2001 had the entirety of the dot-com recession, and 2002 was not really a recovery from it. It was a sluggish recovery that perplexed the Federal Reserve because of Ross Perot's giant sucking sound. 2001 and 2002, real personal income, including transfer receipts, grew by 4.3%, even with a recession smack dab in the middle of it. That's an annual rate of 2.1% which is better than what we've had over the last two years when the economy was supposed to be absolutely booming. The income numbers show that it wasn't. And the same thing is true of the spending numbers too. When you look at the personal consumption expenditures, you see that yes, there was a burst of activity, mostly durable goods in 2021, but it didn't apply to services and combined, personal consumption expenditures never actually recovered that, pre, that pre-2020 trend, which was not a good trend to begin with. And ever since late 2021, as consumer prices accelerated, real personal consumption expenditures have been slowly fading back away from that prior trend. And it's the same thing when you look at again as the NBR does, retail and wholesale sales adjusted for prices. Spending is not red hot. Incomes are not red hot. The private economy is the opposite of red hot. I don't care what the payroll reports say because the household survey shows, like these other data points, that the economy is in serious, serious trouble, not the other way around. And this is why, one last thing, when we look at the curves and markets, and I talked about Germany resisting rate hikes, here we have the US Treasuries resisting rate hikes too. You can see here, and thanks, thank you, Todd, for suggesting this comparison. When we compare the yield curve of the rates, these various yields at their recent peaks, which is October 24th, November 7th, and I'm using February 21st here, simply because that's the, like that's probably the, uh, the, what the closing prices will be like today. Um, you can see all the action is in the front part of the curves. The market knows the Fed is going to interpret this data as being red hot, or to be fair, the Fed is going to err on the side of inflation because it doesn't understand inflation, and therefore, whether the, the data is red hot or not, they're looking at it like in past periods, well, it doesn't look recessionary, at least not yet. Whereas the back end of the curves are all saying, It absolutely does look recessionary when you ditch the term red hot and look at this data in a proper context, in a proper format, and make some useful comparisons. Red hot? No, the economy is in trouble. In most ways, it's actually looking very recessionary already, thus the dichotomy in yield curves, inversions themselves. I'm Jeff, this is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. As always, huge thank you to Eurodollar University subscribers and our Eurodollar University members. So until next time, take care.